everybody. You're back with Matt and Craig. We're tackling the book of First John. Uh, we wrapped up uh, chapter one and actually dabbled a little bit in chapter two with the last session. We really talked a lot about good news, bad news, great news last time, and this idea of good news, um, uh, that God is light, but bad news we're not, <laughs> and that there's sin in the world, but the great news was that, that through Christ we can transition from darkness into light. Uh, we're uh, we're going to continue on, you know, with the overall theme of the book of First John, um, and, and I, I always kind of want to start off with this verse. I, I just feel like it's a it's a key theme of First John five thirteen. Uh, John says, "I write these things to you, who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life." And, and the two things that I want to highlight there is I write these things to those of you who believe. So he identifies that this book was written to believers. Okay, this, this book, these, these concepts were written to those who believe. And what he wanted them to know as believers is that they could be assured that if you believe in Christ, that if you're in him, that there is eternal life. That makes me think, Craig, that... Chances are that in, the, the, in those early days of the first church, especially in a place like Ephesus in that region, it was easy for people to jump from idea to idea to idea. It was easy for people to identify with things, but yet there was a lot of insecurity in beliefs. There was a lot of struggle to, to really, truly go all in. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, it's like we're, you and I were just talking about March Madness and, you know, it's easy for me to jump on a bandwagon team here and say, I'm in, I'm in. And then they get beat. And I was like, yeah, I never really liked that. You know, I was like, and, and, and I think there's a tendency in Christianity to be in while the going's good or to be in while the feeling is there or to be in because, you know, of whatever, but yet do I really believe or do I really trust what I believe? Do I really, really put my faith in the fact that God's really done what he said he's done or he's going to do what he says he's going to do? And so we're going to continue to unpack that. And with that, and sometimes I think in Ephesus, I think even with today, it's very easy to get caught up for them. it wasn't the fact that they didn't believe in, in God. They believed in a lot of gods in all those yes. cultures. And it was very easy for them to jump from God to God because, hey, I need rain, so I'm going to go to this God. Or, hey, I, 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 I want to have a child. I go to this God. And, and so their culture was, was, was put on that. And, you know, I, I just say I like to play golf a lot. And I hear people say all the time, oh, the golf gods are mad at me for this, yeah. you know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And so it, it, it's something where do we put our trust in the God or are we are we just kind of playing games with gods sure. type stuff? Sure. And, and as we as we unpack this, I know that the audience of this study and the ones that are listening to this podcast are believers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that they're claim, claiming Christ and they're trying to grow deeper and that's who those are the people I feel called to spend time with uh, because I, I do believe there's an attack that, that, that say, Satan has got an all-out assault on believers because if he can shake their foundation 
uh, a little bit, it's going to ripple out and impact so many others. And so, you know, being at a Christian college, being in a, in a very uh, Grand Rapids is, is been an interesting experience because um, I heard one person called uh, here in Grand Rapids, they often go by GR. Okay. They talk about it as uh, I'm from GR. I go to GR. I'm going to, you know, up to GR, down to GR, whatever, Grand Rapids. I heard a pastor say this, and I thought it was very interesting. He 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 calls the city Jerusalem, and he <laughs> says that people here think they live in Jerusalem, meaning that I mean this is a Christian heavy city. I I was behind three different vehicles the other night that were business vans, trucks, vehicles that all had either a little fish symbol or a cross because they. It's advantageous business-wise in this city, in this area, to be known as a Christian. There's Christian high schools. We are in the Christian school capital of the world, Christian colleges. And, and, and with that, I think, comes some challenges. And then you can broaden that out, right, to the Bible Belt, the Midwest. You know, this, this, this identity Christianity, you know, I, I hear people talk about identity politics all the time, and I think there's a, a real thing in, in this wrestling match for identity Christianity. And so as we're talking to believers and as we're looking at chapter two here, one of the things that we need to think about is, OK, if I am a believer, how do I how can I be assured that I have um, eternal life? And some of the things I've heard, uh, not just here, but just throughout my life, these are things I've heard. You know, I've heard people unpack the fact that they're Christians. They can identify that they're Christians uh, because of their heritage. Well, you know, my my grandmother, you know, took me to church and read me the Bible. You know, so I'm a Christian. <laughs> you know, or um, you know, I come from a long line of pastors, or I come from a long line of pick the denomination, or or or, or another one I've heard a lot is, um, you know, I've I've gone to church. I go to church, or I I. I go off and on. I'll never forget the golf outing you and I went to years ago where the guy was teamed up and uh, he somehow we got on the subject of church and we both said where we went to church. He goes, Oh yeah, that's my church. And we looked at each other cause it wasn't a big church. And we're like, never heard or seen of this guy. I don't know if you remember that moment. Yes. Yep. Um, but he went there for Christmas and Easter. Yeah. Maybe uh, at yeah. some point in his life, yeah. you know, and, and, um, uh, and I have a lot of family members that would identify that that was their church because they went every Mother's Day. So my grandmother could say she had the biggest family at church on Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so but there, you know, there's all these I, I, I have a friend who, who would identify as a Christian because he lives a moral life. There are people that want to focus on their intellectual biblical knowledge. And, you know, quite frankly, even Jesus kind of refuted that one and said, you know, even the demons believe and and know the scriptures you know um you know there's people that say well i serve i serve the poor or i do this or i help people um um or or you know i, I i'm a christian because I, I'm, I'm real positive I, I i i love people i'm a positive person i try to make the bad situations good or I try to help others or, or maybe it's just because they can identify with a moment. Like, yeah, when I was five years old, I said a prayer, uh, at a, at a revival or at a, at a concert. And, and, and that because of that moment, they they may have not journeyed with God since that moment, 
but because of that moment, they have this identity. And, and none of this stuff that I'm talking about in and of itself is bad. I mean, religious heritage is good. Church involvement is good. Moral living is good. These are all good things. But this, this identity of, of, of what does it mean? You know, can, can we compartmentalize it into one little thing and be able to make it that simple? And, and one of the things I think we're wrestling here with, Craig, is... Are you trusting Jesus uh, alone as God? You kind of alluded to that with this in the early days of Ephesus where they would jump around to different gods. Mm-hmm. And we kind of can do the same thing. But, but you know, are we, uh, do, are we trusting in him uh, and in his commandments to, to really understand who we are in Christ? Not that we are saved or not that we... I'm trying to figure out how I want to put this. I think one of the things John's wrestling with here is that let's, let's think about how we're living these commandments out so that we have the assurance and so that we know that we're Christians, not just how to be a Christian. I don't know if you want to unpack that a little bit. Yeah. Well, we always hear that, you know, we, 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 we talk about grace and, and works. Um, we, we don't, we don't, get uh to heaven because of how good we are and we're it's it's grace but i think what john is talking about in in first john is is a lot of that there is a relationship between you know knowing him and and when you really know him uh there's there's these commands these this way of that he wants us to live and 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 he wants us to be able to 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 marry those two together, not because those commands are going to save us, but because those commands are going to continue to grow, draw us closer in relationship to him. You know, I, if I, if I said, I know how to play golf, but I never played by the rules. Can I ever win a, a tournament? I can I, when I say that is we've got to understand, we got to understand what God wants from us when we, when we tie ourselves with him so that that we can represent him the way that he wants us to to be as a when we carry the name of Christian. Sure. And and I think about I think where my struggle to get these words out whereas <clears throat> I think sometimes it's easy to just when we hear the word commands or we hear this idea we 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 think of a checklist. Mhm. And, and I got to check the boxes. You know, and these are these are foundations for a relationship. I mean, these are foundations for a connection. These are foundations that are going to, to change us and mold us more and more and more into his image. Uh, the more that we live into the light, the more that we live into the teachings, the more that we do what, what 1 John 2, 3 says, we know that we've come to know him if we keep his commands. I, I love, there's a verse in the book of James that says, the more we look into the Bible, it's like looking into a mirror. Mm-hmm. And what we should see back is Jesus. But that's a hard thing to think about. When we look in a mirror, I, you know, I, when I look in the mirror, it's not Jesus. It's like this balding old <laughs> guy who needs to shave. You know, but the idea is that when we look in the scriptures and we see ourselves and we, we really comb ourselves through the commandments of God, do we allow these commandments to continue to chisel away at our life and chisel away at who we are 
to deepen our foundations and, and, and our assurances of eternal life and not just say, yeah, I go to church, check. Yeah, I have a more, I, I do I try to be moral, check. Yeah, I try to be positive, check. And, and, and so I think that's where I'm, I'm, I think there's a challenge in the days of Ephesus that has not gone away. But that challenge still lays true today is balancing what you said, grace and works, balancing, you know, the faith aspect of, uh, of Christianity with the living it out and living these commandments out. Aspect. And those and those early Christians uh, had it was it was hard because they all they knew was was Moses. Uh, you know, they knew the, the laws and, and all that kind of stuff. And now. Jesus was coming to not to abolish those things, but to to give that perfect interpretation and to show that those things were there to point to him and that through him, uh, you know, that, you know, he didn't, Jesus never broke any of those laws. Yeah. So, yeah. And I love what verse five says. If we, if anyone obeys his word, um, love for God is truly made complete Mm. in them. You know, this idea that, it's it's the the more we live in the commands of God, the more we live in the teachings of God, uh, the more complete we become. Um, um, the more whole uh, we come. But let, let's face it; it's not easy. <laughs> you know, the, the, and and John doesn't claim it to be easy, um, but it is a it is a definite challenge. And I'm just curious, and we can jump around here. But I know you've shared some things, uh, and I'm going to kind of jump ahead. Um, to me, one of the, the, the pivotal verses of this section of Scripture is verse 15. Yeah. And in, in verse 15, he says, do not love, and we'll go back in a moment, but I want to, I want to hit this verse. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. He doesn't mince words here. Okay, John doesn't, you know, beat around the bush. He doesn't, he just basically comes out and says, you know, love of the world and love of the God can't coexist. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I struggle with that because I know in my life, as I look around me, as I look backwards, as I look forwards, we're constantly planning and, and, and loving things that go on in our world, my house, my future, my retirement, my family, my, my job, my car, whatever, go on down the line. So, you know, what, what would you say to that struggle? How would you, you know, talk to disciples, people trying to deepen their journey uh, as a Christian when they read that verse? I mean, it, it can be very heartbreaking, you know, at times oh, yeah. to, 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 to struggle and, and and I'm going to let you talk a little bit. So maybe that's part one of my question. And and then I know that this this little section here of 15 and 16 was one that, as you were struggling through memorization, that was a a battle. And I, I would love for you to kind of to talk into that a little bit. Well, I'm going to I'll address that first part uh, or the the second part that you just talked about. Um, this this was i mean physically chapter 2 was the, is the longest of the chapters so i spent a lot of time in chapter 2 i, I we want to talk about 2 to 3 months where i'm every day trying to go through this 
And and when I would go through this not loving the world and uh, and, and that really verse 16 for everything in the world, the craving, uh, you know, the 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 lust of the eyes, the lust of, of the flesh, the 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 pride of life comes not from the father, but but from the world. And, and I would read this over and over and over again. And and I. I know, I know that I'm not supposed to do these things. I know that I shouldn't be looking at certain things or doing certain things or letting, letting the world control me. <coughs> and, and I would read it and I do this in the morning and I, I know I'd sit there and think, I'm going to, I'm not going to do, be able to do this today. <laughs> I mean, I know at some point I'm going to fail at this today. What, I, why can't I read this in the morning and think I'm going to do great and then I know that later on I'm going to have this problem, and so it was it, it was convicting for me uh, in a way that I that I that it it, it it was a way for me to know God was kind of pointing out to me, look, I know you you have flesh, you're going to ha- you struggle with this, but it, it, it before that I'm not sure that I struggled a whole lot with it, so mm-hmm. it was a convicting thing for me to. To, to even get to the point where I struggle and it helped me make better decisions at times uh, because of that. And so um, it, when you talk about the world, I, I shared with you from, from my wife and I, you know, we were able to um, we were able to buy a house um, pretty early in our, our marriage. And one of the things that, uh, that we wanted to do uh, was, was, to, to somehow not let our, our earthly stuff become uh, the most important. And so one of the things that we discussed was let's make, let's make God our biggest bill. And I, and I say that, that that's kind of how we phrased it. In other words, um, our house payment was not going to be the most important or our loans to college and all that, that, that our, number one focus was that our money was going to go to God first. And so whatever, whatever, uh, was our biggest bill, we went above that. And that was what our giving was going to be. And man, that was so hard. It was very hard, but yet it, it, there was so many blessings through that and, and seeing God work through the fact that maybe we didn't think we were going to have enough money that month, but yet, you know, all of a sudden we would get, uh, we would have money where we didn't think we were going to get it. And it was just, a, uh, and we still do that to this day is we want God to know that, that everything that he's blessed us with, that, that that's all worldly stuff. He is the, he is our number one in that. And that's just a simple way that we do that. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great example. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a example of the conviction of you and your wife and, and, uh, those that are listening, you may be convicted in other ways of your time. You know, it might be that your time, you know, you're wrestling. Maybe money's not, maybe maybe your situation doesn't lend itself as well for money, but maybe time, you know, and that knowing that I'm going to, and and time is a broad thing. It's, it's, it's Bible time. It's, it's uh, service time. It's, it's, um, you know, I, because I can get into a routine where my time is so wasted, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or I get so, I get so lazy or it's about me, 
Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, the, the bottom line is verse 17, the world and its desires will pass away. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever, whoever does the will of God lives forever. And so what you're talking about, Craig, is investing in the internal. Yes. Um, and whether that's with your time or your money, it, um, in Matthew, it says where your treasure is, there your heart will be. You know, and so I think that's one of the things John's wrestling uh, helping us wrestle with here is, um, you know, knowing that our, we can't have a divided allegiance uh, in this area. And, and it's not, again, we're not just talking about money. We're talking about this idea of where our heart lands. And, 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 and so I would challenge you to examine that, you know, have those conversations about your heart and then see where God directs you to help, combat those challenges i want to back up a few verses because i think it's important to not just totally skip over this i love one of the one of the 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 passages in this chapter that i kind of struggled with the most and i thought this doesn't really fit is when he went through in verse 12 and he's like i'm writing to you dear children because your sins have been forgiven on the account of his name i'm writing to you fathers because you know him who's from the beginning i'm writing to you young men because you've overcome the evil one I write you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write you, fathers, because you know him who's from the beginning. I write to young men because you are strong. And one of the things that really kind of, after I read it and read it and read it, that kind of came to me in this was encouragement. That it was this concept of, of experiencing God's love. And I, I, I can easily get wrapped up into verse seven through nine and, you know, don't, you know, just how we show God's love and being a light. I need to go do, do, do. But it's, it's amazing to me that John takes a moment here and, and, and this is what he says. Now, I want to I want to reword this a little bit. I want you to think about this. He, he calls you dear children and he says you've been forgiven on because of his name. So he doesn't, it's like he goes through some hard teachings about being obedient and following the the commands and the laws of God. But then he reminds you, wait a minute, you do this because you've been forgiven, because of his name, not because of your obedience. Then he goes in and says, "Uh, I'm talking to you uh, because you've known him from the beginning. I mean, you, you know who this father is. I'm writing to you because you've overcome the evil one. Remember, he's writing to us as believers, so he's assuming that we have done these things, that we've accepted forgiveness, that we have pledged allegiance to God, that we have, have that, that we have, we know him uh, deeply, and that we're strong. And I think he's encouraging them to say, "Look, you can do this," and the, and the reason you can do this is because. Because of who you are, you're a child of God. You're 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 one who God lives in and through, and 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 so it's important for you to hear this. I believe in our in our time and our culture, because we can we can get really dangerous with discipleship, to where we're all about the outward, the outward, the outward. We're all about ministry and service and and and, and being a leader and being an influencer and changing the world and changing culture and. But there, there is a moment here where John just says, just be, just, just acknowledge what God did for you. Just know that this is, that, 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 that a pillar of this is who you are because of what he did. 
and, and I don't want to lose sight of that in the midst of the challenge that, that he's giving us these challenging teachings because of what we are claiming. I think of a, an old illustration of Alexander the Great, where it was a common thing in his kingdom uh, for parents to name their kids Alexander. Uh, because they wanted their kid to grow up to be like Alexander the Great. And it, there's an old legend where he was walking through a, a village and one of the, these soldiers of his was really lazy and was kind of a pain. And he walked up to the soldier and said, what is your name? And the, and the guy stood up and he said, my name is Alexander, sir. And he says, well, you need to do one of two things. You need to get with the program or you need to change your name. And, and there's a part of me in here that feels like that's kind of what John is doing with us here. Is he's saying, look, if you're going to claim this name, if you're going to claim Christianity, then you take this serious. You need to understand what this means. You, know, you need to understand what it, what it means. I mean, Craig, you've been an athlete. You've been a part of teams. You've been a coach. You know, so you've talked about that from a sports standpoint. We are, we are this. We are this. Mm-hmm. We are you know, whatever team you're on. And, and this is who, this is how, how we're going to be identified. And I really believe, you know, part of this, as we kind of start to wrap up here is this is what the church is all about. Walking on this journey of accountability and encouragement side by side, intertwined together so that we can, we can carry each other when we need to be carried. We can challenge each other uh, when we need to be, challenged um to go um, along with that team thing i i I think that that a a lot of that um we we talk about those commandments or or doing this because there's going to come a time where where things are not going to go well when you when you work in a sport in basketball you're you're trying to build those habits so that when something does go wrong (coughs) you have something to fall you're you're going to be I don't want to say you're going to be conditioned that this is what I need to do. This is where I need to fall back on and not on bad habits or bad things, but to fall on the, you know, we're going to go back and it's going to be natural that this is what I'm going to, to, to be able to do when, when things aren't going the way I want it to go. Yeah. So, you know, what we're really talking about here is posturing your heart to mm-hmm. desire uh, to desire God and his, and his teachings to, you know, uh, being able to, to pursue him in a real way. I heard a pastor say this, um, recently, this is 30 to 40 years from now. He said, I'm not going to regret living for God, but in the moment, sometimes we're tempted to say, "Ah, I'm going to go with the world here Mm -hmm. just, just for this moment. But he's like 30 down the road. When you look back, you don't regret living for God. And, he, and But then he went on to say, he goes, but I can definitely assure you this, 30 to 40 billion years from now, I still won't regret living for God because I'm living in an eternity in heaven. And, and I, I was like kind of struck by that statement. You know, I just never heard it phrased that way mm-hmm. before. I was like, oh, wow, you know, that makes total sense. Um, and then he followed that up with 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whatever you do, whether in word or de- deed, do it. Um, as if you were doing it for God, as it, you know, do it. So the things that we do, uh, the, the way that we live, it matters. It, it matters in, in so many ways. And so um, I think this is critical, uh, a critical wrestling match um, that 
we as disciples have to go through. And so, um, you know, I, I, as we kind of close, I want to, I just want to leave you with it, with a couple things. Um, um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to share a quote from Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon was a guy who did a lot of prison ministries famous for being one of the most impactful prison ministry uh, people in our generation. And he said, he posed this question. He says, our greatest threat as Christians in America is who he's talking to. He says, our greatest threat, persecution or seduction? And, and I, I, wanna, I don't want to answer that. I, I want to ask you that. Is when you march on in growing in Christ, which, which of those worries you more? Are we more worried about what people, you know, the persecution, like the, the, the world's going to not like us or I'm going to get persecuted at work or if I try to live as a Christian, I'm going to get made fun of or feel ostracized or whatever. Or, or, or do we worry about the seduction of the world? Because one of the things that I, I think John's getting at here is that the more danger here is the seduction part of the world, the, 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 the eroding of the commands of God. Uh, and then Charles Spurgeon goes on to say, that he believes one of the reasons why the church of God at this present moment has little influence in our world today is because the world has a lot of influence in the church. And that's a tough statement to swallow. And I, I think it's a, it's a question um, that, again, you need to ask yourself. Is do you have more influence over the world around you right now? Or is, it, is there greater influence of the world around you? caving in on your life. And I, I, those are just a couple personal questions that I just challenge you to wrestle with. Um, and as we kind of wrap up um, through chapter two, seven, verse 17 here, um, and we recognize that, uh, you know, this isn't easy. Um, and so, um, Craig, I'm going to dump on you one more time here. Are there any, any last moment thoughts uh, as we kind of close here with, uh, through verse 17 that maybe we missed or that you'd like to highlight? <laughs> um, Big question. Yeah. No, I, I, I just think that, um, that like you said, with, with this chapter in whole, um, that, that the, the, if we go back to the very beginning, John wants us to know how much God has done for us, but we also know, that it is it is through Jesus that we have everything, and uh-huh. and he continues to say, "We know. I want you to know. We know this. We know this." And 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 for me, it was it, it, he was speaking to me, Craig. You know this, Craig. You know this, uh-huh. Craig. You know this, and and it was an encouragement, even though that some of it's hard teaching. He was encouraging through that. That's awesome, and. and, and... And I would tie into that, you know, you college kids um, or young adults. I mean, there's a lot of struggle in this world. And uh, there's a lot of burden put on some of you as leaders to, to, to really lead through it. There's struggles with race. There's struggles with um, political influences, socioeconomic influences, where the church is going to land on this or where the church is going to land on that. And, and um one of the things that we need to cling to is we need to, we need to go back to the truth of God, the, the writings of God, and allow these words, these things to be our guide and our filter 
it's what Craig said about he and his wife and that, that they, they wanted God to, to be in front of, of all those other decisions. And so I, I think it's real important that we, we kind of end that way, that we recognize that um, when, we, when you live in the light, you know, when you live in the light, two things are happening. You are growing closer to God and more in his image and others see it because it's in the light. Mm-hmm. Uh, others see it. And, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll end with really what's my favorite verse of the Bible. Um, and um, it's in Deuteronomy and it's in chapter four of Deuteronomy um, verse seven. And it's an old verse and um, it's one that I, I try to go back to often. And um, I'm, I'm actually going to start in verse six. He says, observe them carefully. What he's talking about are the commands. This is exactly what we're talking about. Actually, let's go back to verse five. See, I've taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commands me so that you may follow them in the land you're entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully for this will show, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about the decrees and say, surely this is a great nation who is wise and understanding. What other nation is so great to have their God near them the way the Lord our God is near us. And, and so it's those two things. It's that we are, the more we live in his command, the more we draw near to God. And the more we live in his commands and draw near to God, the more people see our God at work. And, and so I think that's really powerful. I think it's really important. It's not easy. And we're going to walk through it with you. I'm going to post some questions on the website. Uh, that go along with this, um, uh, along with the questions that we kind of embedded and the challenges we kind of gave you in the discussion. Uh, And then for the next one, we're going to finish chapter two and go into chapter three a bit. Um, uh, So we'll probably pick up in verse 18 um, of chapter two and wrap up somewhere, oh, verse 10, 11 of... um, chapter three for our next session. So I want to continue to challenge you to memorize, really memorize. I'm trying to determine whether uh, I thought about, I was going to try to practice on this podcast and you know, kind of show, <laughs> show off my chapter one, but then I'm, you guys won't know if I'm reading it or not. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do that. Um, so maybe if I see you in person, but, um, but I want to challenge you um, to, to, to dive into that. And listen, I know that, that right now, maybe one of the biggest challenges in our world is, is busyness. And, and, and some of that busyness is essential. Um, but take time to, to, to get in his word and to, to meditate on it and study it. And, 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 and I think, I think like Craig experienced, I, you know, that God's going to speak and he's going to let you know, you know, these things I'm encouraging you and I'm challenging you. I'm encouraging you and I'm challenging you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so that's my prayer for you as we continue on. And so and until next time, um, keep memorizing, uh, live in chapter two a little bit, and um, we'll press on at the next podcast.